This is Josh. Thanks for tuning into the show, Healers on Healing. I wanted to make this show because we can get caught in the trappings of life. Responsibilities, bills to pay, kids to feed, just all these things that take our attention. And to me, healing and being our healthiest self gets neglected. I thought it'd be interesting to ask my colleagues and other professionals what the heck this thing, health and healing, is. I hope these conversations inspire you, demystify the process, maybe reinforce what you already know, and give you new ideas on how to be the healthiest you. My guest, Ashley Croft, will be discussing the healing process of sitting with versus rejecting our emotional experiences. Ashley is a therapist and certified self-compassion coach practicing in San Francisco. Tune in as she shares her own personal story of working with self-love and its transformational effects in her own life. Hi, Ashley. Hi. <laughs> so let's, I'm going to jump in the deep end right away. Love it. What is healing? A metaphor that was coming to me, and I haven't fully fleshed this out, but like what I do is support people through a process of getting well. It's like having the flu. You can't will the flu out. You can't give a pill to the flu and it's gone. And you're not a shaman, then you can suck the flu out. I mean, maybe they can. But... <laughs> So if it's the flu, there's symptoms that appear. You soothe those symptoms, and it's a process, and it takes time. And over the course of this process of tending and befriending these symptoms and being with them, you get well. And, and so what's sitting with the symptoms? Like, Tell me more about that. Yeah. Sitting with the symptoms is getting really curious. Anxiety is a symptom. Stress, symptom. Sadness, a symptom. What does that feel like inside? And how do you notice that? What are the sensations that you feel inside of your body? And what do you think about it? What do you make it mean? Is there a quickness and an impulse to get rid of it? Panic? Ah! (laughs) anxiety stop Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes that's how we all respond to anxiety Mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable same with sadness and same with stress Mm -hmm. anger too in sitting and noticing and really bringing our awareness does it transform something or is it it facilitates the energy to move faster i think what transforms is your relationship to the experience so for me my my way of operating was to begin to feel a feeling and instantly judge it, criticize it, deny it, invalidating my experience. That created more suffering and more pain. So for me, the transformation has been to release the need to make this experience go away. In doing that, 
the feeling does transform because my relationship to it transforms. I'm not resisting it. I'm not saying, get out of here. I hate you. Like, go away feeling, lock the door <laughs> against the feeling. I'm saying, come on in. Let's get curious together. And I want to I'll feel you and I'll see if there's something you need so I can I can stick with it and see if there's something I can provide for myself. But mostly, mostly it's been kind of a loving embrace and a loving connected presence with myself. Because if we started at the top, it's just like, ah, this is disappointment. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Here's an experience of disappointment. Every human has disappointment. Everyone has felt it at some point. I'm not unique in feeling this. And can I be with that moment with love, be with myself with love, love myself in this moment because I'm feeling crappy. Yeah, it's a, I, I don't have a perfect metaphor, but I was sort of thinking it's like I have a, a cut on my arm and so I decide to like lop off my whole arm yeah. to deal with the, <laughs> the cut, cut on my arm. And then suddenly, well, this is a worse situation. Right, I've where do we go from here? <laughs> now I don't literally have an cut arm. off my arm. You know, and it, it's not... It's not a perfect metaphor, but I really appreciate how you articulated. Sometimes I've used the term like double dipping. Mm -hmm. Like I just have mm -hmm. this pain, but now I'm going to create the second level of pain, this third level of pain that's so, in some ways, not even related. And so now I'm tackling three, four levels of pain instead of just staying really with right. the original first pain. In my training, a phrase came up what we resist persists. So resisting that first layer of emotion that comes into awareness, whatever it might be, I'm like, eh, I don't want to deal with that right now. I'll put that away. You know, where does it go? It doesn't go way away. So that's where we really get haywire is resisting a certain thing and using various strategies to resist that thing. So it's like, oh, I don't want to feel this right now. I'll eat a banana nut muffin <laughs> and I'll feel better. Or, oh, I don't really want to, you know, experience this. And so rather I'll blame somebody else and I'll like get angry with them and be like, oh, you're the problem. You, you know, you need to knock it off. If you stop doing what you're doing, then I don't have to feel whatever this is. And that, I think, is where a lot of the haywire kind of experiences come up, is all of these various ways that we as human are trying to manipulate our moment-to-moment -moment experience so that it feels better. And then behind us is like a trail of things. <laughs> I'm about to ask you like a heavy-duty question that I'm so fascinated by and I so don't have an answer for. Why are we wired that way? Like, I always wondered, like, why aren't we just wired to not resist? And I, and I think we're both. Like, I, I, I'll say, I don't know what you're with. I do think we have, like, an impulse to heal and face and deal, but I do think we also have this impulse to not. Do you have a sense of, like, why are we wired to resist? <laughs> why didn't we get designed better is, is my question. Well, it definitely, it brings me back to this pain theory about, you know, how we experience uh, physical and emotional pain and very similar receptors in the brain. So anytime the body feels pain, we are evolutionarily wired and it's an intelligent to stop the pain. 
so I do think there's this kind of biological imprint to notice pain and have that instinctual response to say, ouch, no, make it stop. My personal, like, first line of defense is, like, anything but <laughs> giving <laughs> attention. Anything but giving attention. Yeah. I don't know if our psychological evolution has caught up, maybe. I think there's also such a degree of unknown. There's an immediacy to the making things stop in another, in the banana nut muffin route. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's temporary, but it's immediate. Same way, I mean, even more immediate to take a drug or even more immediate to numb on something quick. The other route is stepping into the unknown because when I think sometimes about sadness, the aversion to feeling into sadness, to like going into that, you know, like I've got the cut, the sadness, and I'm going to attend to that. There's this like quickening of pulse in like, how long is this going to last? Could this be forever? Like if I, if I go into this, this could be a lot, like we don't have it. We don't know yet. And I think that's where, society and culture and how things are moving right now, which is fast and immediate and quick response and why we go to the doctor because it's like, give me the antibiotics. I want to feel better. For things in the emotional domain, it does move. Like sadness, we're not going to be in sadness forever. Right? And like, I need to look up this stat, but there's a stat by Rick Hansen. He talks about how like they've studied emotions and how long they actually last. 45 to 60 seconds it's in that window so it's not long the lot like a true emotion if you're really in sadness like just sadness we can see this on like an fmri machine like how long you're in that feeling so it, it moves it's you're into something else and you're having a thought about something else and now you're thinking that and feeling something else and then maybe back to sadness and but I do think that unknown of what's going to happen and how long will I be there and can I tolerate that and, oh man, I don't know. Fewer humans are stoked about sitting in the unknown. <laughs> they want to know. That's a great answer and I really appreciate it. And it, it's a great lead into what have you experienced, what have you seen that actually that fear that this is going to last forever is such a false narrative. It doesn't last forever, rest assured. <laughs> All folks listening to this, myself, yeah. my future self that gets afraid of a feeling, it doesn't last forever, Ash. For me, I think it's turned into moments of some of the deepest connection I've ever been able to feel. And maybe it's like slightly helpful to step back for just a second into in the fearful place and in the resistant place of finding various strategies to, to kind of either cope with, wall off, or avoid feeling, I'm not really present. I'm focused on the thing that's unpleasurable. So once I'm able to sit with feeling, I'm more present with all the things and more accepting of 
what I might see or feel or experience. So some of the deepest connection is really sensing my heart open and that feels warm and and comforting for me, like the purpose of being here on this planet. If I can sit and be with something that I don't exactly want to sit and be with, sadness, anger, fear, mm -hmm. it builds in me the ability to sit and be with everything. Somebody told me somewhere along this road too, we can't selectively numb. So if I'm numbing and trying to numb the painful things, I also end up numbing and cutting off the pleasurable things too. And that's, that I've fully felt. I, I think I've actually grown into a more, not just lighthearted, but playful. That's the word. Grown into a more playful person that wants to play and wants to laugh and wants to, to joke and jostle. And I think in the past, I, like there was stoicism in me and a guard up, but, but it's very restrictive and very restrained and you know, I'm trapped in the inside of that place. Being able to pull down that wall to a certain extent. And, um, for me, I've had to do it through a practice of like self-compassion towards all of my parts, all of the feelings, all of my sides then it, it allows me to be more authentically me, you know, far more resilient, like, oh, well, yeah, I did that silly thing and I tripped it over my own two feet and, uh, you know, said that thing in front of the client that I like, you know, face palm afterwards. <laughs> but there's, there's a support system inside that says like, it's okay, I can support you through this. We can get through this together and then laugh about it. Like, I just love the benefits that I'm hearing are, you know, one, if you turn down the brightness of red and orange in the rainbow, that it you have to turn down the brightness of all the colors of the rainbow, right? Love that, yeah. So, so here, if you're willing to kind of turn up the brightness here, you're going to turn up the brightness with all these other things. But I also love that I heard you sort of say, it kind of lightens everything, too. Mm. Like, now play. What a great word like now life is more playful yeah and so now even the, the, the that red and orange that i don't love i don't love being no. <laughs> <in> pain. <laughs> no. i don't love still the sadness <laughs> i still don't love it i've done plenty of it i still don't love it but overall i can be a little more free and playful in life yeah and i think for me this showed up in my life in obsessing about like taking many things personally. So whatever happened, you know, I would take it in and it would be something that I had done or something that I had said. And, you know, how could I not repeat that again? So I don't get the same reaction in the future in this relationship or in this experience or what have you. And through the process of my own work and my own getting well, <laughs> it has become, I think it's a differentiation is the psychotherapeutic word or the psychological term, maybe a depersonalization of experience, but then it allows me this freedom to play 
So it's like before a lot of like, oh, what did I do to get this experience in the world? And what have I done here? And now it's like, oh, well, I'm doing this and they're doing this and that's what, and they do this because of this, you know, like my parents are my parents and they're always going to do their thing their way. And, you know, certain relationships, it's, you know, they have a style to be their way in a relationship. So before I had such a tendency to be like, I'm going to contort myself so that I can have a certain experience in these relationships, maybe with my parents, I'll contort myself and then I'll, it'll feel a certain way or in this relationship, I'll contort myself. And it's all about me. Like, what am I doing wrong? And maybe I can contort even more like get into a real good pretzel this time and, and see how that works. It's exhausting, but more, it's not playful. It's not, it's, I'm not in the flow. I'm not in my, I'm not in me. If you were to put words on what, how you show up in relationship now, you did such a good job explaining how you did show up. It's hard to describe. It feels from my perspective, like I'm more inside of me. I'm not trying to do something for an end game. It feels like I'm, I'm more self-referential and I'm more like, I'll do this for me. Oh, you're having your experience over there. You're super judgmental today and pretty critical and grumpy. Okay. I'll listen. I'll support, but I'm not going to cross this kind of boundary to change myself, to make their experience more easeful, or to facilitate some connection that's not available in that moment because, you know, they're lost in their thing. And so it feels like I'm really within my own skin um, and feeling it too. Like, wow, I feel maybe a little abandoned in this moment. I feel a little disconnected, but I'll be with that within me. I'll... I'll I'll tend to that inside of myself and I'll take, I'll, I'll love that part of me and I'll care for her in that moment. And I can do that while I'm still listening. And I can do that while I'm still mostly present. I think I can still have a compassionate presence available while still being compassionately with myself. Yeah, as you talk, it just sounds free. Yeah. It just sounds like doing healing work, doing the healing work the way you've done it. Yeah, I just get this sense of freedom. Yeah. It just sounds freeing. It sounds liberating. It sounds empowering. I'm trying to think of all these different words, but... And let's also be clear, it's a work in progress. It's a daily, it's a practice. It's a daily practice of all of what we're talking about. Um, and so on the days where I'm feeling more in my stride with it. Yeah. I, I think there is a pep in my step, a straighter spine. Yeah. There's an empowerment in it of like, I can do this. Got this. Does it become easier or do you just become more aware both? Um, does it become easier? Yes. But what I think feels easier is for me personally, it's been that the experience, the feelings, which once were quite mysterious, and as I started off saying, I had such a pattern of blaming myself 
and criticizing myself for what I was feeling, that was really hard. So now my relationship with myself is I'm not criticizing myself. And when I start to feel certain uncomfortable feelings, it, it's like, yes, this is this, this is whatever the feeling is. And may I be kind to myself in this and may I, you know, give myself what I need right now. That response to myself is far easier than that resistance thing that we were talking about before, pushing it away. There's a lot of chaos in the resistance, and that creates a lot of the kind of maladaptive symptoms. This other style, this other, you know, where I've come to now is I still feel all the feelings, but I I relate to them differently, and that is easier. I take them less personally, my feelings. and uh, there's less of an internal panic, like, oh shit, what's this? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is this again. <laughs> Hi, welcome back. Good to see you. Again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, old friend, I yeah. know you. <laughs> and, and then, and then, like, oh, okay, and like, what can I do now with this? And so that feels easier because there's more understanding, and it's, it's less that, oh my god. Am I, am I going to get through this? And how long is this going to last? And can I? And, and then like all the story that comes after that, like, why do I have to? And so unfair (laughs) and nobody's here to help me. That is exhausting. I just hear so much heart and love. Boy, the world changes when we approach it with heart and love. It's a powerful force being able to do that within oneself towards oneself opens up this huge terrain of falling in love with all the things outside of you, like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so, I mean, there's all these, I feel like I'm seeing these all the time now, all these like experiments where like you put a banana in a, in a bag and you tell it loving things and you put a, I I don't know if you've seen these go around, but you put like a banana in this other brown bag and you tell it all mean things. And like the one in the mean bag, like browns Mm. much faster than the one in the love bag. Or I saw one just recently that a guy did experiment with water crystals. Yes. The water crystal one. And the the crystals like were these beautiful symmetric (laughs) designs when you, fed the sort of a loving mm-hmm. heart message mm-hmm. and when you they were these totally not mm-hmm. symmetrical um and you i mean you can only imagine just what our bodies right. must be doing yeah. on that sort of same level yeah i've seen the uh crystal one or the water crystal one um and it, it, it quite honestly gives a little bit of like an Oh my God, that, that's hard to believe. No, they made that up, you know, but like the energy is so powerful. I do believe it's almost beyond what our, like, <laughs> what our various gray matter could really conceptualize. And that's what I mean, like conceptualize. Like this is trying to understand this from the intellect. But if you can like drop down and feel it inside, it love feels wonderful inside. This is gonna be my final question to you. 
What? <laughs> and it's a big question. Oh, so no. <laughs> I, I mean, like so far. Yeah, you're doing awesome. What do you really give credit to helping you open to this? Was it just the suffering got so much that there was no other choice but to deal with it? Give shout outs. Shout outs to... Oh, the shout outs. <laughs> yeah. I'll start with yeah. the... Uh, no. There was a part of me that knew there was more available in the in the realm of connection. More available on this planet in the realm of connection. But I, I grew up with a tremendous deficit of connection. So some somewhere inside I had a sense that I could feel closer to humans and I wanted that. And so I started seeking that. So I wanted more, and, and then there's always been this kind of yearning for that more, yearning for the connection, and then a yearning, not a yearning, rather a, a stubborn drive to get it. There is a part of me that <laughs> when she wants something, <laughs> she will get it, um, which I've had to work with too, right? Because I can't create everything into being, but connection that is available to me if I keep unguarding and opening up. Like here we were talking about that part of us that resists, but I hear you also speaking about there is a part of us that knows. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that if we can tune into that other side of us that actually does yearn for the healthier world, yeah. yearns for, in your case, more human connection. Yeah. That part really will take us to the healing work. It's totally a, like that inner inkling, flutter voice that says, I don't, something's off. I don't know. Something's off. And not out of a critical place. It's not like, something's off. You're like, this is, but just like that, this just doesn't feel right. Beautiful. I just I want to thank you for sharing. I want to thank you for taking us on this journey of love and heart and resistance mm -hmm. and being with and not being with. Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity to sit with you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And that brings us to end of another great episode. I'm so appreciative of Ashley and thank her for bringing in the notion of love and healing and all of its powerful effects on us. Being a new podcast means I need help getting the word out about the show. So if you could share with your friends and share on social media that you found this new podcast, I would greatly appreciate it. Tune into the next episode. I'll get it out every two weeks. And hopefully if there's a big demand, I can shift to getting these out every, every week. Thanks again for listening. See you next episode.